0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. Today I have Chris Matthew of Forbidden Knowledge News here with me. We are going to have a very interesting conversation, I am sure. So Chris is the host and creator of Forbidden Knowledge News and the Forbidden Knowledge Network. From an early age, he questioned the nature of reality, but remained asleep like many until 2012. He graduated Full Sail University with a degree in digital media and was later an editor at his local television station for two years. In 2016, he started a Facebook page, Forbidden Knowledge News, as a blog to share the information he was learning during his awakening. As the blog became more popular, he started a YouTube channel and wanted to bring his favorite researchers, authors, scientists, and experiencers on to share their knowledge and insights. This eventually became a talk show and podcast, which has featured some of the most brilliant and extraordinary people on the planet and has gained an amazing global audience. The Forbidden Knowledge Network is now a podcast network that features creators, researchers, authors, and regular people just like himself that want to bring knowledge, truth, and a greater understanding to every person incarnated at this critical time in human history. Oh my goodness. Like, first of all, I'm so, I'm just amazed at what you have created. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Amy, for inviting me. I'm stoked to be here. This is going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your awakening experience in 2012 or any other aspect of it like were you prior to 2012 were you like fully and truly asleep or were there always seeds of knowing in there
1: oh there was always seeds of knowing (laughs) I can remember being a very small child just thinking man I think something big's gonna happen in my adult uh, life and I would always have this I was always spiritual but I was raised Catholic so I was like kind of afraid of it because of this weird Catholic dogma and just the 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 kind of darkness that gets imprinted on you as a kid from being subjected to a lot of these Abrahamic religions, you know, Catholicism one was one for me. It really scared me more than anything. But as I grew up, I came to understand, you know, how much of a farce it was. But my real awakening in 2012 was, uh, I don't know. I just started realizing that I need to get back to looking into the nature of reality because I was unhappy. I was questioning everything. I started to realize how much the system was bullshit. So I wanted to just get deeper. So I started doing YouTube dives, which led to finding some wonderful authors and researchers that I began reading and following on a regular basis. And from 2012 to like 2016, I was just in it reading and researching and uh, finding some, some community online. And it eventually turned into a Facebook blog, which was uh, Forbidden Knowledge News.
0: And did you, when you started having that awakening, was it more from the truth or perspective or from the spiritual perspective? Or would you say that those <laughs> are both the same thing? I, well, they
1: eventually became the same thing. At first, I was not spiritual at all. Before my awakening, I was uh, I was in a bad marriage, and then probably abused drugs for a few years, and I was completely asleep because I was just I just wanted to numb myself to every to the world and everything around me. I was in a terrible job for years. The before I started like doing this show, I was in I was doing corporate sales for a major cellular company. And it was just draining for me to go and do that every day and actually lie to people and try and get their money and all the things that the corporate world wanted you to do. So that was something that I was doing while I started the 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 Forbidden Knowledge News podcast. And you know, Forbidden Knowledge News was a hobby for me at the time, but it wasn't spiritual at first. It was totally conspiratorial. I wanted to Jump on a horse and ride down the street and yell about the fraud, the the banksters and pedophiles and lizard people that are trying to kill us and all this stuff. And I realized quickly that doesn't work. People have to be ready. People actually have to come to you if they really want to seek this information. So I just started putting it out there, and yeah, it wasn't spiritual at all. It eventually did. Uh, probably years, a few years later, I was just deep into the conspiratorial stuff. I was. Angry at the system, I was angry at the lizard people. And I just wanted to get everybody to know all this. And it it just became something completely different after I gained an understanding of the nature of reality and really healed a lot of my myself and my own traumas to to come to a better understanding.
0: Yeah. I I feel like I mean that's really the journey for all of us. Whether we start out like I started out spiritual and only kind of really came around to the truth or. Aspect of it completely in 2020. I had like seeds of it, but I started out spiritual. But I think it's the same journey for everybody is like you have to heal that. You you have to work through that trauma, like really acknowledge the trauma field that we're born into and how much we pick up and have to, you know, discern like what is actually me and what is just shit that I picked up because I'm here and we are bathing in a soup of trauma.
1: Yes, you're exactly right. And for me, there was some deep-seated trauma that I had to reach before I could do anything, and that's what kept me stuck in my situation for so long, being in a job I hated, perpetually being in bad relationships, abusive relationships, and just not understanding where I needed to go. But it it just kind of eventually turned into that I was seeking something more, and that I I was angry and I I wanted a better understanding of myself and what was going on. And I just started to meditate. It didn't work for a long time. I, I had very, very big trouble trying to calm my mind and get to a meditative state, but it happened, I think at the perfect synchronistic time, whenever it should have happened, when I actually was able to achieve not only a meditative state, but contact with something that I now understand as my spirit guides. That I was talking to aliens or something at first. But through those experiences, I learned that I had some very deep-seated traumas and basically was able to explore them and work through them and heal from them and actually found some spirit attachments and all that stuff that goes along with it. So yeah, that's how my, my journey, kind of, the spiritual journey began really. And it was only about two years ago.
0: It's so it's That's really funny. It was kind of the opposite for you and I. You started out yeah. with, <laughs> I started out with spirituality. Yeah,
1: it was like 2020.
0: Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much that I want to go into. So much. Okay. All right. So, first of all, I want to ask like, so in 2012, were you aware? But there were all these, you know, horrible pedophiles running the show and lizard people. Like, where? How did you happen uh, upon that? Is that how you saw things at the time? Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know about the lizard, the whole lizard people <laughs> thing. I just say that because it's funny, but it is interesting. I I started in 2012 is when I just kind of realized 911's is an inside job. There's some strange thing going on with NASA and all the space agencies. They're lying to us about a lot of stuff. Aliens are. came into the mix and paranormal and all these things and magic and the occult they all just kind of mixed together into this paranormal soup that it just dive dove into and started uh, looking at and that's how it all kind of started in 2012 it's just me looking at not only just political corruption and parapolitics and all that stuff, but I started diving into the occult and and uh, looking at magical practices and how it connected to paranormal and all these things that just led me deeper and deeper into those rabbit holes. And it wasn't until it wasn't until I was in a I was getting out of a bad relationship in 2020, uh, breaking up with a uh, kind of insane woman is all what I'd say. It ended in a in a restraining order against her. I'll just say that. So it was a bad relationship and. And it was it was around 2020, it was right after the 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 whole pandemic thing started. And I was in a bad place. I was still working this full-time job at this corporate job. And I was doing the show part-time, maybe a couple of times a week. And I really knew deep down inside that this I had a passion for this and I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how. Because I was making pretty good money at my job, you know, I was pretty comfortable. but I was not happy every day. And I was depressed, waking up, having knowing I had to go. And do the that job. So it was, I think it was at a very perfect time for me. I was getting out of this relationship, this bad relationship, waking up depressed every morning and trying to meditate to figure stuff out. Cause I knew that's something told me you gotta meditate to try and figure because you're not going anywhere. You gotta do something. So the evening that everything kind of started for me, I was in my yard talking to a neighbor. Uh, and I we were I forget what we're talking about, but I happened to look up into the sky and this was just one of those synchronistic things that I think was like a kind of weird signal for everything. I saw these uh, three bright orange flames in a triangular formation, just going straight up into the sky. And I I was trying to get my neighbor's attention to look at it, but he refused. He was just talking and talking, didn't even want to look in the sky. So I'm looking at it and all of a sudden they stopped for like maybe 10 seconds or so, maybe less. And then boom, disappeared, just darted off. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty interesting. Neighbor didn't see, <laughs> didn't see any of it. And I just kind of eventually just faded as like a, a memory. Maybe it could be something, maybe not. And uh, I decided to give that meditation a try again that night. And the results after that, it's, uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty insane story. And it gets pretty long. So we can get into that.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> All right. So let's see, where do I begin? I I had heard that some 432 hertz tones would help bring me to the right meditative state, so I used that in the background, and I was able to go like into this super relaxed state that I'd never been into. I get into what I would consider a meditative state. Everything's peaceful. Everything's dark, and I'm, I feel more relaxed than I've ever felt in my life. I feel like I'm kind of floating in my body. At this time, I'm laying in my bed. And all of a sudden, I feel like this force in my consciousness that's kind of propelling, and I can see these images of like propelling through, I can only describe it as time and space. They were like geometric shapes. And what I now call my first download, all this information started flooding into my brain. I had no idea what it was. I I think it unraveled over time. A lot of it, I'm probably still unraveling a lot of it. It was just about everything about my life, about what's happening in the world, mathematics, science, all this stuff that I didn't understand at the time. And it was just flooding. like, what is going on? And eventually after that phase ended where I'm getting this flood of imagery and these downloads, I'm back into this peaceful darkness and nothingness. So I just feel like I'm floating in blackness, but it's very peaceful. It's nice. Uh, and all of a sudden, out of the like right side of the peripheral of my vision, there's this blue light that starts to emit and get brighter. I feel like it's coming towards my conscious or coming towards me in some way. And as it gets closer, I feel this amazing feeling of love, like love and acceptance. And I thought I love my parents. I thought I felt this kind of love, earthly love before, but no. No. When I felt this, this was like, oh, I instantly knew this is how love is supposed to be. This was like unconditional, powerful. It felt like a drug. It felt like I was, felt like I was on something, but I wasn't. And I'm like, what is going on? All of a sudden I hear, or since this, it's a psychic communication. This voice says, hello, how are you? Or something along those lines. And I kind of freak out. I'm like, uh-oh. I did some, I'm talking to a demon or something. I went too deep and I kind of reverted to some childhood dogma. And I'm like, in the name of Christ, are you good? And before I could even finish it, like this entity or this voice, whatever it was, was so peaceful and calming and loving. And it said, yes, of course. And it was kind of laughing and it just like put me at ease before I could even finish asking if it was good. And it was like this amazing, instantaneous communication. And it was, it was, I even told the, this entity that was communicating with me at the time. I was like, I love, I wish we could always talk like this. This is so easy. It's so efficient and we don't even need words. It was like, you know, a combination of emotion and images that would convert into what you'd understand immediately. And the, you, you could ask it a question and it would answer before you were even finished asking the question. So that was amazing. And I asked him, do you have a name? It's like, yeah, just call me what you want. You would never be able to pronounce it. So I was like, I'll call you Laird. I had a cousin that was named Laird. I always thought his name was cool and it just popped into my brain. So I'm like, yeah, I'll call you Laird. He's like, sound good. I'm Laird. So I'm in this, I'm in my bed at this point and I don't know why, but I just jump up. I pop up, my eyes open. I'm like, oh shit, I'm, I am just killed it. It's gone. And I was like, no, I've still felt this amazing feeling of love and everywhere I look around, I don't know if you've ever done psychedelics, but whenever you're first starting to feel the effects, there's just like sheen to everything, this glow. I was looking around, like I felt like I was on like a magic mushrooms or something. I've seen this shimmer to everything. And I get up and walk around. I'm feeling this love. And I'm like, you still there, Laird? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. You know, I thought I'd killed it through just getting up through the meditation. But I was like in this state, this altered state now with Laird talking to me. And I'm walking around my house kind of feels like you're tripping on mushrooms but it was so much more loving and peaceful and just felt amazing uh so we can we just had a conversation I was like all right well you're here for a reason he's like yeah it's time for you to meet me so we had this like I think it was like two hour just back and forth of mainly about stuff with me childhood traumas I need to heal things I need to do things I'm doing wrong one of the biggest things quit your job quit your job I'm like, no. Uh, I was like, I'm making good money. I can't do that. They're like, yeah, you can do it. Just quit your job. You'll be fine. And I was like, no, uh, you know, that was the whole, this, you know, argument. I was like, okay, whatever. Let's move on to something else. So we just continue on to things like this was the, been when COVID started, warned me that the world's about to get crazy. You got to get ready. You got to become spiritual. You got to learn this. You got to look into that. You got to learn how to do this. You got to talk to this person. You got to, and all these things that like, you know. I had no idea that I had needed to do, but it was telling me apparently I did. The main thing before it signed off, it was like a couple of hours. The, the connection kind of faded. I felt like it was going away. The last thing it said, quit your I'm <laughs> Like, oh man. So I don't I didn't know what just happened. I was like. I was so amazed and fascinated and I was kind of in disbelief. I didn't know if I was having like a acid flashback. I have done psychedelics in the past. So I don't know what was going on. So I reached out to some of my first ufologist friends and they're like, you're talking to an alien. You know, that's the first thing they said. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. So I just keep talking to different people, try and learn about what's going on. You know, it eventually got to a more spiritual understanding that these are probably something that's always been with me, something more like a spirit guide or an ancestor. And that's where my first kind of understandings kind of came in. But it was at first, the first like couple of months, I thought I was talking to aliens. I was sure of it, (laughs) but I have a different understanding now. Now, this was the first experience of many with these guys. And the first one I was kind of in disbelief after. And I needed to do it again. I needed to experience this again, just to kind of prove it to myself. You know, I felt different. I did have all this new information that I didn't know where it came from, and this new understanding of myself, but I was still kind of in disbelief, and this goes into the the next part of it. Do you have any questions about do you think before I go to the next part
0: no i I would love to hear more, and I just want to say like this story is absolutely amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. All right, so the next, I'm still, you know, this is the next, the very next day. I'm super excited to try it. I get home from my, my shitty job, and I'm like, I need to do this again. Nothing happens. I, I don't know. It just didn't work. <laughs> tried to meditate, put on the tones, didn't work. Third day, I'm like, all right, let's try this again. Just slow your roll. You know, I don't know what you did the first time. Let's try it again. So put on the tones, and something inside me just said, go lay in the tub. Go in the water. I'm like, okay, why not? It just popped in my brain. I'll go do it. Put on the tones, go lay in some warm water. And like within minutes, I'm deep. I'm deep meditating in the water. I don't even remember that. I'm in the tub. I'm just so relaxed. And this time, this white light comes from the opposite side of my subconscious, whatever vision. And I don't feel the same love feeling. It just keeps enveloping me. I'm still relaxed. And, as the light, the white light gets so bright, and then it fades away, I find myself in like in a childhood memory, and I'm walking down a hallway of one of my childhood family friends, and the memory gets like it gets dark. I remember childhood trauma that occurred, and it it, it kind of shook me, and I'm like, oh man, i that actually happened to me. I'm remembering this. i you know this actually I was blocked it out forever. And that opened up like a whole can of worms with the things that happened in the past with certain people and and family members and friends of family and all this stuff I started remembering all of a sudden, and it was pretty insane. And I got kind of shook up from the memories. I was a little upset by it. And as I'm still in this meditated state, but all of a sudden I start to feel that love again. It starts to envelop me and the blue light comes and there's my friend Laird again. And we engage in another conversation. I don't remember exactly how this one goes. This one was super hazy because I felt like I was on something. This, I mean, not, not only the love feeling, but it was, I felt like I was deeper in this kind of reality, in this altered state. The water was like making it super powerful. So I feel this love, but I, I, I'm i like, I'm drunk on it. I'm like laughing. I'm like, well, where are you guys from? Like, you know, just asking it all kinds of questions. What are you guys doing here? What's going on? Are you aliens? And all of a sudden, I I can I close like I I can open my eyes again, and I can see the shimmer everywhere, and I'm like, oh, I can do this now. I can open. I it's like this again. So I close my eyes. When I when I close my eyes this time, I'm not in like I'm not in like my meditative state anymore. I can see that there I'm somewhere else, and it looks like looks like I'm on a ship. That's all I can say. Like like I can see space out of the windows. There's like this very sterile looking atmosphere and ground and it's like gunmetal gray and there's three different layers or there's a balcony layer and there's another layer and I'm looking out and I can see these huge windows and it's just outer space. I don't see planets or anything. And I open my eyes and I'm back in my bathroom. Everything's kind of shimmery and pretty. I close my eyes. I'm back on this ship and I can feel Excuse me, I can feel layered there. My the first friend I met, he's shooting some love at me. And then all of a sudden I can feel love from other entities. And don't ask me how. I just knew it was not just from him. I knew there was other things starting to surround me. And it was different feelings of love, but all good, all amazing. It was like different colors were associated with thing, different things. Couldn't see anything at this point, except the ship. And nothing was on the ship except just, you know, empty space, balcony. I saw the space outside. As these feelings of love start to get stronger and stronger, I start to see these little beings manifest. I start to see these little hooded, etheric, kind of see-through, greenish, bluish beings that are human-animal hybrids in these little hoods. And that's the best way I could describe it. They had like a dog, man, a cat, man, they had like this. I don't know, beastly looking thing, but they're all very sweet and nice looking. And they all had these hoods on and shooting these amazing feelings of love at me. And, you know, I'm so drunk on this. I'm like, yeah, this is what is going on, <laughs> you know, and watching these little guys appear and just shoot love at me. And all of a sudden this little frog man kind of hops up and he's in the hood and he starts talking to me. He's like, welcome to something family. This is your something family. I don't remember. I'm all kind of loopy. He's like do you accept this some kind of task that i have during my incarnation i don't remember what he said but i was like yeah yeah i'll do it i'll do it and it was just amazing and i had conversation with like some of these etheric beings and they were just giving me more information about things i need to do just things i need to study different magical practices talk to different people learn things about yourself just all these amazing insights of what i'm gonna have to do in the near future and this was probably one of the most this was the most profound experience of my life until, up until what happened later but uh, this this opened my connection really with these guys with my spirit guides and um, during this last experience they said yeah you can you can contact us anytime you want through through meditation there's like there's another way too and there's some other guys you can talk to if you ever want to do psychedelics and psilocybin mushrooms came in my mind And I was like, okay, I used to do that as a kid, you know, a teenager and party and stuff. I didn't know it was a spiritual thing. And I quickly learned it was a very spiritual thing. So the series of events to happen after this kind of changed my entire life. So after that time when I'm talking to these guys in the tub, but this is by like the fourth day. I want to have this experience again and I don't know why I'm just like, so I need to have this again. I need to have this again. And I, I just had the feeling that I shouldn't do it that day. Just, I need to just let everything simmer down. Well, I ate something that didn't agree with me. I have, I have a removed gallbladder from my twenties and it like, it screwed up my, a lot of things that I can't eat anymore. I ate something I shouldn't eat. And I was in severe pain, extreme pain. And whenever I get into that state, there's nothing I can do, but lay there and just wait till it goes away, which is hours or maybe even days. I was in that state and I was laying there and I was like, oh, well, no, can't do this tonight. And I start thinking, you know, just all the things that were flooding into my brain the previous days. I'm like, maybe these guys can heal me or something. So I I try my hardest to get into a meditative state. I get to like, as relaxed as I can. And all of a sudden I can feel layered, like in the distance trying to come. And I was like, Oh yes, here he comes. And I'm like, can you guys heal me? Can you guys do something? He's kind of laughing. he's like, you can, you can do that yourself. And like, as before we could even finish saying that I got flooded with these love feelings and I think it was gone. Like the the pain was gone. I don't know if it was the, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was like, I was felt amazing. And I was like, oh, all right. And that connection was quick. It ended after that. And I was just like in a state of awe. And I was like, there's gotta be something to this. I got, you know, I'm gonna have to listen to these guys. I'm gonna have to quit my job. So within, within two months, I did. I had a, a partner that I was working with on the podcast. He lived a few States away. And I was like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. Let's just, uh, you know, let's. Throw a Hail Mary and see if it sticks and try and do this podcast thing because we're talking about it. We're talking about trying to do this full time and getting together, doing more shows and advertising and all this stuff that comes along with it. And we finally decided, I said, all right, we're going to do this. Come move in with me for a little while. We'll save money. And we'll try and do this. And I was in South Louisiana at the time. I did not like it there. I hated the atmosphere. It was just too dense of a vibe. I lived there for most of my life there in South Florida. And it just wasn't for me. I always wanted to live out West. I always wanted to live in the mountains. I always wanted to live in a place like Colorado. So we decided let's up and move to Colorado somewhere where we can, we'll both be happier and uh, let's try and do this. So we did like, we took, I took out my life savings at the time. He took out everything he had and we just jetted to Colorado. We stayed in Denver, Denver for a couple of years and it was terrifying. Like we ran out of money very quickly. The show wasn't picking up as fast as I thought it was. We were kind of almost homeless there for a while. We're scrounging for meals. So we'd be happy if we'd be able to eat some weeks. And then all of a sudden we look at our revenue and it's like, just out of the blue one day, we're like. we we can pay our rent this month with this. We can pay our rent this month with this. And then the next month it was like, we can pay our rent and eat with this. And then it just kept on growing, getting better. And we, you know, eventually found more avenues to make money and advertising and all this stuff. And it just grew into our own business now. And now I, you know, I, I was able to, you know, quit my job and get where I am by listening to these guys. And the whole time I'm doing all this, I decide to start growing magic mushrooms to another thing that they, they told me to do. So I did. And it turned out really damn good. I was very surprised at my, I don't know what you call it, mushroom growing skills, but uh, they were bountiful and plenty. And I, I did what you call a lot of spirit quests and spirit journeys and learned uh, I will everything to what I've learned through these journeys, and um, and where they've brought me, and the entities that I've actually come in contact with. Not only my spirit guide friends and ancestors, but I consider select like very powerful angelic beings, and just the information that they've sent me is so profound. You know, we're eventually able to move out of a little uh, two bedroom apartment in Denver. Now I have a house and. Fort Collins. And it's like, we started, uh, we started our own network. We now feature other podcasts in within our community and keep growing. And it's like, it's blessing, man. It's, it's the most wonderful thing that I could have ever asked for it happened because I listened to the little the little voices and etheric beings that I was talking to during these meditative states, which I do now understand as my spirit guides and ancestors. And then that would bring us to the third phase, to the psychedelic experiences, which kind of bring me to where I am today because these experiences happened within a matter of a year and a half from now. About a year and a half ago is when I started using these and doing the spirit journeys. And it was about once or twice a month that I'd do it. And I wouldn't it wouldn't be small amounts. I was, you know, I had the the in in I guess guidance that I needed to do more than just your microdosing. And I have pretty strong experiences, which I did. And I'm glad I did because I was able to not only tackle all my childhood traumas and things that were holding me down from the past, but get rid of spirit attachments through various different ways that I've learned. And that is where everything kind of comes to a, a culmination is when I learned how, well, I had help, but when I learned about my spirit attachments and then eventually got rid of them which was kind of crazy, kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like an exorcism, but we can get into that if you want.
0: Yeah, I mean, total. I'm here for absolutely all of this. I appreciate the way that you tell this story. It's very detailed and linear and easy to follow, but you do a great job at conveying, like, the parts that can never fit into words. Like, I can feel it coming off of you and I I know what you mean about that love because I've felt it too and I do I feel like the closest I feel it on earth is for my children and then then the next step is all children and then the next step ends up being all humans because then I can connect with all of them as children even when they're you know like you know lizard people and yeah,
1: it's easier to feel collective love for sure.
0: Yes, definitely. Oh yeah. It's definitely harder when you're in a relationship with somebody a hundred percent. And then I can feel it like for the plants and the earth, but it's it is even then, like when you really are connecting with it outside of this realm, you realize that literally nothing. I don't even know how to put. It. Everything's okay. That's not even the right way to put it. It's it
1: yeah. just. And there's no worries at all. I mean, there's nothing to worry about. Like uh, every. Oh, I don't. I don't understand worry anymore. It's like you know, why did I? Right. Why was I ever, in this state where I'd wake up and just be worried about this and that and that and that, when there's just nothing. You know, just take care of your skin suit and you'll be fine.
0: Yes, take care of your skin suit and then follow those promptings. Like I'm so right. glad you shared the edge it was for you to quit your job. I had a really similar experience where I was working as a midwife and making making the best money I had ever made finally. Like I always struggled with money. And then finally I had this brand new career, was making good money. And people were always, like there was a big ego gratification piece to it where people were like, oh, what you do is just so amazing. And you know, like getting all these accolades, which I had never gotten either. And I was like, oh my God, I have to quit. Like I literally just started and it cost me thousands of dollars to get this credentialing and I have to quit. I have to. And it's so, it is so scary, right? And I think a lot of people are getting that same guidance and to hear you talk about, you know, that all those thoughts that go through your head, like, yes, I'm miserable, but I'm making good money. And what am I going to do? And like all the money fears and the ways that we're programmed, right, to come up against that and then move through it and the reality of the money not magically showing up instantaneously the very next week, having to like be in the void space where I feel like, oh my God, can I pay my bills? I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. and continuing on the path, right? It's it's yeah, It's Such an amazing story. And so, Mia, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I definitely want to hear about the entity removal stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm really grateful that I did, another thing that I listened to and learned about is manifestation and certain magical practices. I mean, that's all you need, really, if you trust in the universe and you know how to work with the energies of the universe it It provides for you, you know it's as long as it's positive energy, and as long as it is what's best for you and everything around you, it will provide you know you can um kind of say that like it's just like a net that appears whenever you step step off a cliff if you have faith in it, you know,
0: yeah, and you have to have you have to have faith though, and that's the part that is really hard for us is i the way that I understand it is because. Because we're born into these trauma fields, like no matter what your upbringing and your circumstances that you're born into, are you to be born into those perfect circumstances and you're still born into a collective trauma field here. Mm-hmm. So we, we have trauma and like automatic programming that comes. And that, I believe it kind of like, it almost like kneecaps us in a sense where we're so afraid and it's so hard to have faith. And that's where then people struggle with manifestation because they it takes a it takes a commitment, a devotion, a willingness to choose it over and over and over. You gotta and work
1: hard for it for sure. You do.
0: And in the in the absence of, I mean, that's the definition of faith, right? In the absence of any evidence to support it. It's it's a very scary edge to be on. But once you start to figure out how to ride those waves, mm. it's not so bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So the next part, my psychedelic experiences, like I said, I had grown beautiful mushrooms and uh, this was for about a period of about maybe about a year and a half that I grew these and went on the journeys maybe about twice a month and at first it was at first it was merely connecting with my spirit guides getting more information from them meditation being alone in my room for hours just communicating with these entities it then kind of turned into something to where they would pass me along to different I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. They're different types of entities. I don't know if they're what you would consider extraterrestrial, but these guys had a different feeling of love that they would send. It was still kind of love, but this was more intellectual. This was more, they had a more serious vibe to them, although they did have a sense of humor. And I would be passed along to these different, I I call them teachers, these entities that would give me different types of information. And eventually it turned a very powerful celestial entities that I would consider angels or angelic beings that would give me some of the highest knowledge that I've ever could ever imagine, mainly all about myself, all about my growth, what I needed to do, where I needed to go. Very little about outside influences and things going on in the world. You know, that was taken care of through the first couple of experiences. Yeah, you got to get ready. Some shit's going to get crazy. That's basically all I needed to know from there. And the rest was about my growth and what I needed to do. And, you know, the information was extremely profound. I, Do you have an
0: example that you can share?
1: Of the, okay. So I, let's see. the One of my most profound experiences where I believed that I had contact with an, an angelic being was when I learned that, when I learned to lose the fear that we were just talking about of everything, where I actually got to realize and through this conversation that I am eternal, that this is very temporary, that I have a choice to be back in this if I want to, and that it's about learning and growing and loving, and that's what you're in this suit to do. And that's when I just lost a fear. That's one of the most profound experiences of everything. And remember after this experience, and this was after I got rid of these spirit attachments as well. I remember just my house looked brighter. I felt lighter. I felt like the air was different. And ever since then, I haven't had really a fear of anything. Maybe that big ass spider in the corner over there that almost jumped on me. But like, it's, you know, it's not, I don't, I'm not afraid of it. It just startled me, startled me. No, but seriously, (laughs) there's like, there's nothing that I have to worry about anymore. Even if we turn into Mad Max world out there and society crumbles, it's like, it doesn't matter, you know, I'm going to sit on top of my van that I turn into a tank and yell at everybody through a microphone about, you know, spirituality and things will be good. So, yeah, that was probably when I, when I actually, I, I even consider it you know, closest to source as that, that I've ever gotten. Yeah. I, you know, I was crying like a baby. The information was flooding in that you don't have anything to worry about. You're going to be back with us. We are part of you. We're all one. It's all connection to source. And we, you know, you're, you'll be back there whenever you want this, this lifetime, this incarnation isn't even a blink of an eye. And that I don't have anything to worry about and no one does, but that's their journey.
0: I feel like you, I feel like you were in the Akashic records, in the Akashic field, which I consider to be like, so And it's all like splitting hair, splitting blades of grass at this point. But in the dimensions of consciousness, as they were shown to me, I understand the 10th dimension to be the angelic realm the 11th dimension to be the Akashic field and the 12th dimension to be what we would understand as Christ consciousness, Christos consciousness, like that, the most elevated sort of purified field of consciousness that you can embody in a human form. I don't know. That's not quite the right description, but anyway, so they're all like, I don't know. There's barely a division if anything, right? Yeah. But the way that you're, you're, the things that you're sharing, I'm like, That's what it feels like when I go into the Akashic Records for for people or for myself. It's just this like extremely like there's nothing to worry about. And all judgment dissolves, all resentment dissolves, all that. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Uh, it, it, it was amazing. And one more thing, one of the other, probably most profound things I've learned through my psychedelic experiences and contact is the importance of following synchronicity and rituals, positive rituals, implementing them into your life, no matter, you know, how you do them, if you have the right intent, it's very important to do them. And that's just one of the the things that I've learned that was like, it really propelled me to the next level is having, you know, a daily routine of positive rituals in different ways that kind of bring not only happiness and joy, but like this sense of peace and propulsion to my life that I never had before. so that's that's another thing that I really appreciate learning. So the spirit attachment. Uh, there were, as far as I know, I don't there still could be more, I would hope not, but there were two really main spirit attachments that I had due to childhood trauma. And the way that I figured this out was through it. This is actually the last time I've ever I've done psychedelics. It was about a almost six months ago. And I really don't even feel the need to do them anymore after everything I've learned. And I can I can easily make contact with my spirit guides through meditation. I think this was just a temporary type of journey that I had to to make to kind of jumpstart some of the things that I were learning. I may in the future do mushrooms again or psychedelic journeys. I don't know. I've been invited to plenty of ayahuasca retreats and and other things of that nature that I I declined because I felt like I got a lot of what I needed already. Although I'm not saying that's the the last time I'll do it. You know, I could in the future, but the very last time that did it was about six months ago, and this was probably... One of the most profound psychedelic experience. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So I, I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time and she is a, she's a very powerful psychic medium we're still very good friends. And she helped me a lot, tremendously with this experience. Well, at the time I had my last bits of mushrooms that I was growing and she wanted to try a mush. she had never had a psychedelic experience. I was like, all right, sure, I'll guide you. I can, you know, I can help you out with there. Well, it didn't turn out at all like we expected. She took a, a healthy dose and, you know, a dose that I would give a beginner. And she didn't feel anything. Just A couple of hours go by and I'm like, okay, well, you want to try some more? It's like, yeah, why not? You know, try some more couple hours ago, like almost another hour. She's not feeling anything. And I am, you know, completely in it. I'm wigging out right now. And she's not feeling anything. She ends up taking about like five grams right. of very, yeah, very potent and didn't feel. She's like, no, I feel sleepy. I don't know. My concentration's a little better. And I'm like, what? okay, this is very strange. But I was like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to be guiding you through anything. But I did notice things started happening that I didn't understand. And she noticed it too. Like whenever we were talking, it seemed like the lighting in the house was connected to our emotions. They would dim and go brighter. And it, I thought at first I thought, you yeah, know, this is just me on much. I'm seeing, you know, the lighting effects. She's like, no, this is, these lights are actually changing and they're dimming uh, according to our conversation. We had on classical music in the background and we started talking about something of uh, like funny and it switched to pop music. And she's like, no, I want classical music and it switched back. Like somehow she had a connection to what was playing through our our phone on on to the speaker. And she was able to control it for like a good couple of minutes. And I'm like, no, this is, I am, uh, this is the mushrooms. Is not, she's like, no, like I don't feel anything and I can see this. And I could tell she wasn't like under the effects of anything. She was super relaxed, like super focused too. And she, she said she had a very strong connection with her, her guides at the time because she knows how to, you know, contact. She does that stuff. And, you know, she, her guides were telling her, you, you don't need these things to do any of this stuff, you know, that's probably why they're not affecting you. I still don't understand it, but we end up exploring my childhood traumas because I'm going through this and she uh, she's not. So she's like, let's help you. Let's do some stuff, you know, let's do some exploring. So we end up getting to a very severe traumatic incident that happened in my childhood involving not a family a family friend. And there as soon as we got to this and I kind of let it out and and re-relived the experience a bit and got rid of it, like I felt this, this entity kind of being pulled from me and removed and the lighting in the room got brighter and it was like amazing. And I I felt like this sickness coming out. As it was going and, and as as it exited or whatever, I felt amazing. It was like, I could actually tell that this entity was being expelled as she was guiding me through this experience. And as I was experiencing the emotions and then working through it, and it just kind of, I felt it leave. And I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty insane. I've never had anything like that happen before, especially, you know, during the, the situation that we're in right now, it's very different. And I, I knew it wasn't just, you know, my my psychedelic mushroom experiences. I've had hundreds probably of experiences, but combined with what I've had in my childhood, teenage years, and now it's never been like, I've never had such a profound experience. There's never been this total, like kind of like immersed change of your environment and things like that. And what I was experiencing that time was extremely profound. I'd never experienced anything like this during any psychedelic experience. Well, it, it, it turned very dark very quickly. After that entity, within five minutes, she's talking to me, and I noticed that what she's saying isn't making sense anymore. And then it keeps like which sh- the topics, whatever she's saying, is getting darker and darker. And eventually I remember this <laughs> her saying, yeah, I came to this planet a long time ago searching for a host, the perfect host. I found you. And I attached on to you, I helped you grow and I helped you get to where you're at. And now you can know what I am. And she, she, as she said that it looked like she shapeshifted into a reptilian. I swear, like it was the most disgusting creature I've ever seen. She grew a few feet and I had never experienced anything like this on psychedelics. You know, I, I know what hallucination is. I know what the lighting yeah. effects, this was completely different. I was immersed into something like a, a different reality. I understand what happened after, but at the time I'm thinking that oh, my girlfriend's shape-shifting into a reptilian. All of a sudden uh, I, you know, I leave the room, I'm freaking out. She's a, f- a couple of feet taller than me, chasing me around the house. Like you don't love me anymore? In my girlfriend's like dress and stuff. <laughs> and it was insane. My house, my whole house turned into like this dungeon looking place. They had mold and and, dinge on the walls they actually had bars on the windows i looked outside and the moon was red the sky was red i ran downstairs the whole thing is like this dungeon and i just stopped and i'm like okay what is going on i am apparently trapped in some kind of mind loop in some kind of like different alter dimension alternate realm because this was not i i you know i've been under psychedelic experiences pretty profound where i felt like i was having an out of body experience like the the ship and everything but i was still in control of my reality i could still realize that it was my reality that i was here on planet earth no i did not feel like i was i felt like i was trapped in a different dimension and i could not get out usually these loops that you have in the psychedelic experiences they end they they go through these really crazy things where you're like oh my god and then it kind of loops back to reality and you're like oh that's crazy might happen again but it's in this kind of loop where you can expect to something to change or something to be different or at least come back to normal this didn't perpetually i was stuck in this dungeon this reptilian being's chasing me around, and I'm like in this completely different reality. I don't know what to do at this point. I'm like, it's this is going on. It probably felt like hours, but I, it probably wasn't hours. I had no idea of how long this took. This whole thing. I, I, my girlfriend does. I'll get to that after. Well, so I'm I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> I'm just locking myself in the bathroom, running water, and I'm gonna figure this out. I'm sitting there under, the even the water looks dingy, it feels slimy. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Can I get out of here? Am I trapped here forever? I'm freaking out and I'm just like letting water run over me and I I don't know what to do. Well, all of a sudden, I feel like this rumble coming from inside me and I hear a voice, like the loudest, most commanding voice and I feel the voice. I feel the vibration of this voice saying, no, you're being deceived. And as I felt, and as this voice spoke, I puked up black stuff into the tub. All it went down the drain. I wish I could have saved it to examine what the hell this stuff was. Wow, It was the darkest black goo looking stuff I've ever seen. And it just kept coming out of me. And I kept, you know, puking up this black stuff. And as I was expelling it, the lights turned bright and I start to feel these amazing feelings of love. And no more, everything's back to normal. No more, you know, feeling like I'm in a dungeon. I feel great. I feel like powerful. And I I feel this presence of this celestial being that I had come into contact before during meditation sessions. I didn't know what it was. I felt its love. I felt its power. And I felt like it was there to help me. I walk outside and my girlfriend's in meditative position. She's kind of in a prayer position. And she's like, yeah, you had a reptilian entity that was attached to you. I had to throw it through a portal. I had to call upon my archangel. I had to call upon Gabriel and Michael to come and help me with this one because he was a nasty little bugger. But I saw it right whenever he took over your perception. I started meditating and I saw everything that was happening to you. I grabbed him. I threw him through a portal and that's with the help of, you know, the, the, the angels and that's what happened. And it was all like perfectly timed, exactly how she said, whenever she heard me puking is when she threw the the, the entity through whatever portal, I don't know how she does this stuff. You know, she, she helps people get rid of attachments, like that's her thing. So that's what she did. And I felt better than I've ever felt. I felt more amazing. That's when I had those, after this is when I had the other revelations. It's just everything in my life changed for like, even better than it was before because I got rid of these entities. I felt lighter. I felt like things weren't dragging me down anymore. And I was like able to be a hundred more times more productive with my work and everything. So yeah, that was probably the most intense experience I've had in my life.
0: That sounds so intense and so fucking fascinating. I also want to say like when you were talking about puking up black stuff, my my mom just recently, like she has a lot of childhood trauma and she's been working through it for years, decades. And she, she told me that just this summer, like, I guess it was probably in August, she started getting black putrid diarrhea for 14 days. And she thought she was going to die. She couldn't eat anything. She stopped eating and still kept like passing horrible. Like she was like, it's, it was black. Like it wasn't wasn't poop. It didn't matter if I didn't eat anything all day. It was coming out of me all day for 14 days. And now she, like you can visibly see that her body has healed itself. Something left, mm. Some, something left her. So anyway, I, it's so interesting the way that it manifests on the physical plane because I think it's both. It's like astral and, and it has a physically manifested component. But I'm really curious about the reptilian as you perceived it in, and what it looked like as best as you can describe.
1: Well, I I saw the whole kind of shifting in process. Yeah. It had very long, yellow, just pointy teeth, rows of. Yellow pointy teeth, it a huge mouth. It looked like a a lizard, kinda, you know, like a lizard mouth. It had an elongated snout. It wasn't, the mouth didn't go completely along the sides. It did have somewhat of a humanoid lip formation, but you could see that his mouth was open and had these huge fangs. Its eyes were just a slit, like the you know, every your reptilian slit. It was black with this yellow center with the slit in the middle. She, she didn't have hair anymore. She was just bald. I don't think I remember ears and it it was scaly, dark, dark green, scaly thing. And it was wearing my girlfriend's dress. Wow. yeah, Wow.
0: That's so, it's just so fascinating. Yeah. She
1: grew a couple of like a couple of feet tall for sure. Right. Yeah.
0: The I just find it so fascinating that you like you revisited this really intense trauma memory and then it was dislodged.
1: Well, what she said was there was like a, an, a a more powerful entity that was hiding behind this other spirit attachment that she got rid of. It got really angry that she got rid of this other one. And that's how it meant why it manifested the way it did. It was like a final attempt to screw me up or something.
0: Yeah. So interesting. Because I've similarly found, now, I understand entities. I feel like sometimes I see them, sometimes I don't. I'm not, that's not my, you know, my main thing. But what I have seen is that often there's, it's almost like a Russian Russian nesting dolls of entities. So you find one and you think like, okay, it's just kind of like, I call them thought bots or like little mental parasites that hijack your thoughts and kind of direct you not in your highest good so that it can feed off of you, but it's not like a demon or anything like that. Right. Not a reptilian per se. And then, but then if you look deeper or if this is why I also prefer to kind of work with people over several sessions, at least because then when they come back, it might be become apparent like, Oh, there, there's actually something else there. Like we removed, like that was there, but there's a bigger one behind it. And then oh, there's a bigger one behind it. And it's kind of puppeting a whole bunch of, it's like this weird hierarchical, it's just like harvesting energy off of people.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think that's very likely, very likely that, uh, and, you know, I hope, like I said, I hope I still don't have entities, but it felt like I felt so much better and was so much more productive and happy after that incident, you know?
0: Yeah. And, And then the part that you said where, the the entity told you the shape-shifting reptilian entity aspect told you that it had been like it had come into this world or this realm a long time ago and had been looking for a host and it found you and it helped you grow. That's a really interesting piece because that is something that I also perceive that our 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 initial reaction is to like recoil. It's so repulsive and so. Like, we just want to push it away and and be like, oh my God, I could have an attachment. Like, get this disgusting thing off of me. Or like, if somebody literally has literal parasites in their intestines, you know, like if you find out your initial thought is like, gross, get these things out of me. But like with physical parasites, they tend to be there because there's, the homeostasis is so off balance for a number of reasons. And so the body has kind of like permitted the, parasites to come in to do its best to achieve some kind of homeostasis enough for the body to stay alive and so you think you just want to kill them and get rid of them but actually that you like usually there's like a big candida infection or a c diff overgrowth or something like that or too much heavy metal or something in somebody's body and then if you just focus on killing the parasites and getting rid of them then those other things bloom even larger so i wonder if it's Similar with kind of like spirit parasitic attachments that, that they, we, we think that they're this terrible thing and we definitely don't want them and it's not the way it's supposed to be, but there is some way that they. Like we evolve alongside them. I don't know if that's making. No,
1: sense. I exactly. I think that's exactly what 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 the case was, and it was like whenever it manifested to me, it was like it was trying to get me to accept it that it's a part of me. It wants to stay with me. Don't you like that I've helped you? Don't you want me to keep helping you and stay with me? That's what I was trying to get. And the you know following me around. Don't you love me still? That's what I got. Is it was trying to get me to accept it that it it should stay with me. That I you know it's a part of me. It helped me and it's good for me. But you know. I couldn't. No, no way. It's
0: it's like that, like, like that friend that, you know, kept you in like a heroin addiction for years and is like, well, like, well, what, you're too good for me now. You don't love me anymore. I think of all the good times we had. And so you're like, no, I need to have a shower. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Total dysfunctional relationship.
0: Yeah. Wow. Those, I mean, how could you not be a completely changed man? After those experiences. That's so, so, so intense. And I I imagine that people listening are gonna be like, what the fuck? Where's my laird? Like I want somebody to just show up and tell me what I need to do. And then, you know.
1: You know, the only, the only thing <laughs> I can tell people that is you have to be ready. You have yeah. to want it, you have to seek it. I, I think the main thing is being ready in not only in your heart, but you have to be like physically and spiritually you know, you have to be in a healthy state. I was not able to, to do my meditation until I started eating right, until I started doing a little exercise, until I started making my body probably more receptive to being in that state. I know that we are very little of us. It depends on our physical being here. But I think that our keeping it healthy is an easier way for us to have these spiritual experiences.
0: Well, it only makes sense, right? Because we know that it's, a, it's all a frequency game. So if, you know, if we're eating according to sort of the standard American diet, that is not allowing, like, basically what we're doing is we're choosing to put things in ourselves that distort our, I call them our geometries and like lower our frequencies so that it can't, it's a lot harder to achieve these things. Like we're just sort of, we're, lowering ourselves into an experience of density in our consciousness and in our physical bodies and what did you find i'm always interested in this topic what did you find was the the dietary shifts that were conducive to this experience for you
1: sugar Sweets, that's the main thing. Just well, trash food, processed food, any kind of fast food. Uh, you know, eat. I just switched to as much natural food as possible and cut out a lot of sugar, a lot, a lot of sugar. Sugar was my enemy. I was addicted to it, you know, very much so. I'd eat sweets at night before bed. So it was, that that, that was my main enemy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I completely... Have found that as well. That sugar, I'm at the point where, and I mean, I have autoimmune things that make me go this extreme. I'm not saying people have to do this, but I'm at the point where I I also no longer eat any fruit if it just doesn't agree with me. Uh, fruit is and sugar, you know. It it, it is, and it's very interesting. Again, I'm not saying that people have to stop eating fruit. It just doesn't agree with me, mm. but. The reason I share it is because, so at this point, the only thing I have in my diet that could resemble sugar is sweet potato. And it's very interesting when you no longer have anything in you that's telling you to eat sugar. Like you just don't, it doesn't even occur to me. Like I don't miss the things because yeah. my body never needed it, but it's, it's very much, it's very addictive, like truly addictive. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So (laughs) this was amazing. I am going to wrap up the main show now. Thank you, beautiful listeners, for the powerful currency of your attention. I appreciate you more than I can ever, ever say. I hope you have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, my beautiful friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Third Eye Awakening. If you like what you heard and you want to go deeper, then head over to my website amybelair.com and check out my store, which is full of my past programs, courses, modules, master classes, light codes, etc., that are powerful and they are potent and they pack a punch, not gonna lie, they are here to support you, accelerate you, and activate you in your spiritual awakening and psychic development journey. And slash or If you want to stay in my most current, vibey, live energy, then I suggest that you head over to the Patreon and join me there. At the lowest tier level, which is only $5 a month, you get a secret bonus episode for every Third Eye Awakening episode that goes out. You also get a weekly energy report and light language activation, and you get a new moon and full moon emancipation transmission. So... Those are some fun ways to play and I'll just remind you that I always have live programs going so keep your eyes on my website, on my social media, and here on the podcast to find out what is the most current offering that I have. Either way, I love having you in my world and I hope that I get to meet you and work with you soon.